If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This week on The Big Show, the 20th Annual Black Real Awards take place next month, and all month long we'll take a look back at the filmmakers and stars who shaped the first two decades of black film in our special 20 for 20 series. Critics Shireen Nicole and Kevin Sampson will discuss the top 20 female performances of the first 20 years. Plus, we'll have movie news, including the latest on Tyler Perry, as well as reviews of the latest films, including Like a Boss and Just Mercy, all on the latest episode of Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. Let's go. Experience life through the eyes of a true film addict. Keeping it real. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. We have an amazing show to kick off the new year. The Black Real Award 20 for 20. We're going to be looking at the top 20 female performances of the first 20 years or the first two decades of the 21st century. Shereen Nicole and Kevin Sampson will join us for that discussion. Also coming up later on in the show, our first reviews of the new year, Just Mercy. Jamie Foxx, Michael B. Jordan, and Like a Boss. You hear I said that, Like a Boss. Uh, Stick around for that. Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne, as well as Salma Hayek, star in the first release comedy of the new year. Uh, We will have something to say about that. Wilson Morales is on assignment this week. Uh, So uh, without any further ado, Charles Kirkland, Happy New Year, brother. Welcome back to uh, the other side. Welcome to the new decade. Happy New Year, Tim. Thank you for having me. Well, I like that, man. Char- see, see, the, the inside <laughs> joke is, is Charles's intros are horrible. He, he, he says things like Scooby-Doo and... Yabba-dabba-doo. Know, whatever, man. It's, it just all sounds ridiculous, man. <laughs> but it's your trademark. It's what you do. It's what I do. All right. Well, we, like Geico. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Actually... You know, I, normal folks on, uh, doing this week would talk about the Golden Globes, saw it, you know, really don't have a comment on it other than, you know, I, I just have issues that I like Ricky Gervais, and I thought Ricky Gervais 
Uh, his his humor was biting. Um, I just find it interesting that Ricky Gervais is allowed to have the big stage, but Kevin Hart is not. I mean, but he said the same thing himself. I know. Mm. I'm just saying so, I mean, that, that that was the only thing that just jumped out to me. The rest of the show, I agree with all the movies. I'm going to the Critics' Choice Awards after I get off the air today. So all those people you saw last week, I'll see them all this week. No big deal. No big deal. No, no big deal. So we'll move on from that. <laughs> he says, you should see this face when he says no big no deal. No big deal. And we don't have to preview the Critics' Choice Awards because, as I said, I'll be there as soon as I get off the show. So no big deal. But... There is a big deal. I was at the movies last night. And um, the movie wasn't what I wanted to talk about, but it was the conversation that ensued after the movie of somebody kind of pulling my coattail to something that I didn't know. My friend, the man that we talk about so much in the show, Tyler Perry, uh, you know, Good was, on, show. was on Twitter <laughs> yesterday or maybe earlier this week. And he was, I guess, doing a motivational message. You know, he had a he had a camera scan a, a board table, a boardroom table that he had. It had all the scripts of all the different shows that he's working on. The have and the have nots, you know, the Oval Sisters, all his projects, all on the table. And he says, you know, most folks have writers rooms. And I'm paraphrasing. Most folks have writers rooms. I don't have a writers room. I am the writing room. I write everything. Now, when that happened, of course, there's no such thing as, quote-unquote, black Twitter. But black Twitter exploded <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> and basically, there were people that were like, you know, bravo for you, Tyler Perry. And then there were other people like, what about all these writers out here? What about all these people who are looking for opportunities? they got to go to L.A. or New York to try to get writing gigs. You've got now a 330-acre studio with 13 sound stages, and you're churning out product. Um, so in order to have this conversation, what I did is I called up two people that I really love and invited them to be a part of this conversation. And one decided to do it uh, with, with limits, but we're going to have her talk anyway. I brought on Shereen Nicole and Kevin Sampson. Shereen and Kevin, how are you? I am being okay, treated well. Jim, having the- <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it that whenever we have, I, I notice, even I do it, why is it when we have Tyler Perry conversations, man, that people have to tread lightly, man? Is this, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not being funny or am I, is there some validity to what I just said? Well, uh, it's kind of because think- he's kind of like Disney for us Whereas he's got this big conglomerate, and we're afraid to just take shots at him because, you know, he's got power. But we can take shots at Tyler Perry. He's a man, just like anybody else. I'll say this. I I get where you're coming from, Charles, but I think at the end of the day, the reason I – like, I've I've always had this love-hate relationship with him. Hate his films, love him as a businessman, and I think that's more of the balance that I – struggle with is hey to come from sleeping in your car to now you know buying a old hanger or you know whatever and turning it into uh, a steel like he's doing uh, a lot in terms of for black film or hopefully we and we'll get into this but giving opportunities uh, for us to see ourselves on the big screen however uh the thing that he puts out 
um, is questionable in, in, <laughs> in terms of quality, but also he's known for serving his niche. And so he has, uh, you know, like Beyonce has the Bayhive. Like he has his fans yeah. that just love his stuff and eat it up. And I, I get why, but it's almost like, especially for us as critics, because we see highbrow stuff and then we also see the lowbrow stuff. It's kind of like, all right, man, if you keep feeding us these chitlins, like, you got to talk about how, like, we need something different. <laughs> Serene Nicole, I, I, I hear laughter. Hey, What's I love on? chitlins. I do love chitlins. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry. For our, for our non-African-American or black audience, Chitterlings. 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 Pronounced chitlins. Are <laughs> <laughs> a delicacy from, you know, uh, uh, from, from the centuries ago. of a pig. Okay, okay. Listen, yeah, I didn't want to say what they were. For all that. But go ahead. Chitterlings are pig intestines with the membrane pulled out so it don't sink. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. And Chitter, chitterlings. To quote boomerang. To quote boomerang. That's what chit- chitlins that's, that's are. What... So listen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I don't even want because Tyler Perry is a big conversation because there's so much to love there and so much to be inspired by but then mm-hmm. and and I think that we're we're disingenuous if we don't you know speak to the highs and the lows right for me the specific thing that Tyler Perry said it, it it it's like when you write 200 episodes of television in six months by yourself any writer knows that is herculean and there's going to be some problems but beyond that as a leader in in the black community there's so many jobs that are going unfulfilled there you know yes be the head writer in all your writers rooms shonda ron's high mm-hmm. but also give people the opportunity to do some writing because because when you tell me you wrote 200 episodes of television in six months, what I want to ask you is why? Why are you doing that when there's all these great writers out there who could really enrich what you're writing, enrich your ideas and explore them and expand them? So there's some problems with that. And I'll tell you guys, when I was watching The Oval, which is one of Tyler Perry's shows, which you know, it's not a diss to call it scandal fanfic. That's really what it is. It's a scandal <laughs> fan writing their own version of that, right? Right. But what, but what really got me, and I'll pull this image up because I had it up for you guys, but that it's great to do it yourself, and yet there comes a point where we have to ask ourselves, is doing it myself actually selfish? Because can I enrich and grow my community greater? And my question is, who have we seen other than actors that Tyler Perry has actually groomed and brought out, right? So when I'm looking yeah. at the screen and I'm saying executive produced, created, written, and directed by Tyler Perry, I'm like, what else did you do? Craft services? You the Iron Chef? That's a lot. <laughs> Sometimes Listen, in and our lives. <laughs> <laughs> that brother needs help, yeah. man. He needs help, man. But go ahead, Kevin. No, I, and I'm not. I'm not quite sure, Serena, what your your background is, but I may be one of I, the only people on here that have like made a film, went to grad school went for film, and all that kind of stuff. Am I am I right or am I wrong? Not just because I don't want to exclude anybody. Shireen is pretty special, man. You better ask somebody. I haven't made any films by myself. I've always just assisted. So, okay, go ahead, okay. Kevin. But 
<laughs> but to, to Shereen's point, what I was going to say is even like going through the craft myself of creating a film, writing, producing, directing, um, one thing that I have definitely learned is that it is a collaborative thing and you will suffer if you try to do everything. Because even let's say if you wrote, directed, uh, produced, and then you kick it over to editing, that editor is going to see something and cut that final mm -hmm. film together in a way that you wouldn't. And so I think the biggest thing that kind of, that rubbed me the wrong way out of what he said Yo, that's amazing. You got a, we, obviously you got a season worth of work on all these different shows that's about to come out. But the fact that you worked on all of it and then at the end he yelled out work ethic, to me it's kind of indicative of the fact that he at this point is drinking his own Kool-Aid or whatever because that, like, like Shereen said, like why, like, why are you doing all of that? I, now, I could even see if he said, I just wrote this particular House of Pain the entire season, right? And he only did that one, but then he shared it with other people. That would be okay. That would be cool. Okay, work ethic. You're right. But then there is such a thing as overkill, and I'm not sure how long. Um, and honestly, personally, like, I don't really get into House of Pain or any of these shows. I don't watch them. But somebody is out there watching it, and I, I'm wondering, like, how long are we going to watch it and and keep the ratings going so that it continues to come out? Because I, I am 100% positive that these shows are going to suffer because he wrote all of them. And it, it's just, it, it's no way. Like, even with a show like Power, it's amazing. Um, Courtney is the showrunner and everything, but like there's a writer's room and there's a it's like that for a reason. Because isn't it a biblical thing? Like, uh, with oh, like, come on, Kev. Come on, Kev. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me go there, though. <laughs> preach, brother. Preach. preach. <laughs> <laughs> Fail with lack, lack of counsel, right? Like, you, you gotta yeah. have counsel. Amen. And that's, that's and where that's I was going. If you don't I was got going anybody there. to counsel. check you, it, yeah, if you don't got nobody to check you, then yeah, it sounds great to you. But, you know, so that's my thing, man. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm done. All right, I got to go, man. perspective, even in, the, even in the writing of a novel, you have editors, you have, you, typically you might even have an agent who all, you have readers who all help you enrich your point of view because one point of view is always a bad thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And right. I love that Tyler Perry serves an audience who was not served. You know, there was a starving audience that he served, and he served them well. And I think that he does have a lot of talent, and he's really grown his business. He's got his, um, he's got his movie studio, and there's so much wonderful that he's doing. But I really do think that there's a time to recognize, as my good friend Dave says, share the candy. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back on the other side. Shereen. And Kevin will join us. Uh, they, they, they're going to actually do the entire show today. I'm really cool about that. Uh, you guys are listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon here at 96.3 HD4. And that's dcradio.gov. And we'll be right back. I care for you more than my own self. Darling, I share. I share with you all goodness and well. Said we could have just one night 
Or we can have one whole life if we play it cool. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Yeah. We can have that one thing Or we can have everything If our hearts are true Girls, And, you know, we just had our last segment, uh, Hot Conversation. Coming up a little later on in the show, we have our first movie reviews of the year. Oh, my God. Stay tuned for Like a Boss. That's a tease. You don't want to miss that review. Uh, Online with me now are two dear friends and professional colleagues who uh, are two amazing film critics and people in the kind of digital entertainment space. They both have been on the show numerous times. So I don't know why I'm doing this. I guess I'm being nice because it's a new year. Uh, Shireen Nicole from Adobe Radio. Shireen, welcome. Thank you very much. And also online is the man they call Samps. Kevin Sampson from the DC BFF and also Picture Lock Empire. What's up, brother? Happy New Year, my brother. I think you're the only one that calls me Sams, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Well, when I say some people call you Sams, that would be me, me and my crew. Sams. (laughs) And also joining us is the man, the most selfish man in radio, Charles Kirkland. Hey, th- hey, thanks for having me, Tim. I think you're also the only person that calls me the, the most selfish man in radio. Hey, man, I got I to gotta get it. Oh, and, and also, Shireen is known as Smart Sister. I'm, I'm probably the only one that calls her that, too. I'm also from Adobe Network, but, you know, no problem. Did I say, did I say Adobe Radio? You did. It's fun. That is one of our radio stations, so I'm good with it. What I'm not sure I'm good with is like a boss, but that's a whole. <laughs> so, so from the from the Adobe Network, it is Shereen Nicole. I just want to make sure we get this right. So today we're because we're having a really special conversation. Uh, the twentieth annual Black Reel Awards are coming up in a month, and as we count down to the the show, which is going to happen on Thursday, February the sixth. Since it's our 20th anniversary, we have got two of our voters. Actually, Charles is a voter as well. So yes, three I of the am. voters are, are actually online with us right now to discuss the first of four 20 for 20 lists that we have created specifically for this occasion. Uh, we're going to be looking at the top 20 films, the top 20 directors, the top 20 male and female performances of the first 20 years and today we're handling the female directors and in this segment i want us to count down from 20 to 11 all right so before we get there let me just go through the five performances that missed the cut coming in at number 25 
from John from uh, Jordan Peele's amazingly cultural, uh, you know, kind of cinematic classic from several years ago, Betty Gabriel, Get Out, number twenty four, Kerry Washington, Django Unchained, number twenty three. Shuri from Black Panther, Letitia Wright, uh, clocks in at that spot. Dandy Newton's performance from Crash comes in at number 22. And at number 21, Amanda Stenberg from The Hate You Give. All right, so panelists, any any comments on uh, you guys have seen the list, and I don't want you to reveal it, but what do you think about these five that missed the cut? I would say if 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 there's one, I mean I don't know how far this list is going for future. Like we had a performance that came out at the beginning of this year, February 2019, I should say, that hasn't made that that outside the cutness. So hopefully it's going to be inside the 20, which is Lupita Nyong'o's performance in Us. I I mean I really think it's one of the top 20, 25 performances of. Black female performance here. All right, so let me let me let me let me let me say something because I'm I'm not gonna put Charles on blast. (laughs) This is what happens when you don't show up. You don't show up Uh uh, and and do your show prep. We are covering the first twenty years. Nothing in this year counts. We're doing from twenty from two thousand to twenty nineteen. All right. well, I, 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 no, because if you count it out sequentially, that's 20 years. If you count it out sequentially. You said 2019. Us is, us is, is 2019. 2019. But right. what I really want to know is what exactly constitutes blast, because that sounded. Oh, yeah, I'm like, sorry. Like right. Charles was on blast. Yeah. I will say that. <laughs> as as Andy Newton. Um, Crash is a movie that I deeply dislike, so I'm just going to personally exclude that one. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that out of that missed five, Letitia Wright and and Betty Gabriel, I keep wanting to call her Betty Gable, which is funny, but out of that, that missed list, those are the two that stand out for me. Right, right. I got you, Kev. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Those are the two that stand out for me. I mean, with Betty... That that single tear like cemented her as <laughs> if you want to say a, a character actress or whatever. But I'm just like, what? What? I can't wait to see what she does next. So yeah, definitely right. Betty Gabriel and Letitia Wright. All right, so let's get to it. Coming in at number twenty, uh, from you know you'll hear this film a lot in this list is Black Panther again. Is Denai Guerrera um, coming in number nineteen? Ruth Negga from Loving. Hmm. Number 18, Gugu Mabatha-Raw for Belle. Number 17 takes us all the way to 2007, and it is the queen, Angela Bassett, in Aquila and the Bee. Number 16. Now, this person right here, this performance, this was really special but it was only a precursor in my estimation of things to come. Regina King clocking in at 16 for Ray. Hmm. Okay. Mary J. Blige coming in at number 15 with Mudbound. So I'm going to stop right there. So I want some feedback on these last five that I've just given you guys. Anybody? 
<laughs> I think that uh, one of the things I like about this list, right, is we celebrate celebrate black females. Um, and one of the things about you know black females in general is that they're just strong. Like we know, you know, your mom or your auntie or whatever is kind of like a backbone of the family in some kind of way. And I, I see that coming through a lot of the performances that we list, especially one of the things I love about the Nye Guerrero character in Black Panther is she's hardcore. She will she'll take it to the to the best of them. But there's this one moment, um, uh, I, I think, when they arrive and uh, she smacks her staff and she kind of has like a smile on her face. <laughs> and so you get to see that balance of strength and beauty and, and you know she kind of, it's almost like as though she breaks character but she's so good at her job and 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 i think that uh just that performance in general um really helped to make black panther what it was in terms of uh you know her leading all those wo- women warriors so um yeah th- that's that's kind of what stands out to me at least within the five we just covered shereen yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, Tim, when you say that Regina is king, because she definitely is, and I think Ray uh, was a precursor to that. But she's always had this um, kind of the same thing you were talking about with Betty Gabriel, Kevin, which is this ability to do something on the face and then to show all of these layers coming in underneath that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so that's a big thing for Regina King. I agree with the Nigerera. I feel like it's the per- forgotten performance in Black Panther because she's so good as Okoye, General Okoye. She's so beautiful as this big sister character that we kind of forget about it for bigger performances. And so that does stand out for me because with me, Akilah and B, the true standout there is Kiki Palmer. So, you know, I can't really yeah. call that one. So, <laughs> and then, you know, I am very, very excited to see Mary J. Blige come into her own as an actress with, Mud, with um, Mudbound because we've seen her struggle with acting a bit. And in this one, she just found her, her way. All righty, Charles. Um, my interesting pick here, I think Ruth Negga's performance in Loving is a little underrated as well. I think uh, it's easy to see that she could probably move up a couple spots here, but because her performance was so intense that uh, I, I I really enjoy seeing her acting as well. So a uh, great pick for her at number 19. It could have gone higher to for me. All right. Well, let's look. Let's unveil the next five on this list. Now, coming in at number 14 from 2001. Boy, they went back on this one. Sanaa <laughs> Lathan from Love and Basketball. Number 13 is Naomi Harris from Moonlight back in 2017. Quavajane Wallace comes in at number 12 with Beasts of the Southern Wild. And Gabby Sidibe, right outside of the top 10 with Precious from 2010. Um, wow. Feedback? Anybody? <laughs> Sanaa Lathan at 14 for Love and Basketball. I remember that performance. That was, that was really good. But the Gabby Sidibe performance, to me, is something over time that I've had issues with that film because of the, of the darkness and the dark themes that it has in it, but you can't deny that it was her breakout role. Absolutely. It was the role that catapulted her. Uh, panel, what are you guys thinking about the last four? I mean, the last five we just unveiled. Kevin? Woo. Shereen? <laughs> wow! 
<laughs> you know, wow. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Speechless. You know, the thing about it is, honestly, like, you know, it, it's kind of, you're kind of looking at it, and it's kind of like, man, I don't know if, I mean, these are these are great performances, and I can't lie. 2001, I was graduating high school. I remember we were watching Love and Basketball on VHS in the college dorm because we all had a crush on tonight. And it was something about, like, that's still one of my all-time favorite, like, black romantic films. Yes. Um, and, so, yeah. and so I think that we definitely have to celebrate that film and her performance and the fact. I mean, if you think about it, for me, it was even an introduction to – uh, love in in the sense of sometimes you have to either choose that significant other or you know the thing that you're really talented at in other words yourself and so the way that she embodied embodied that performance and just her love for basketball but then you know whether I'm gonna go um, to the dorm on time or I'm gonna sit out here and talk to you about <laughs> your dad cheating on your mom like that that was some real stuff. <laughs> Um, but then as I look at the, the kind of the rest of the list, it's kind of like, oh, it's good. And Quibizene, uh, that was that was a cool performance, but I feel like it was kind of like also overall the film. Um, but, yeah, I think that I can only really get down with Sanai on this uh, on this thing as like a big standout. All right, Shereen. It's funny. Yeah, it's really funny because I think that Love and Basketball becomes a landmark film for us as black Americans. Right, mm-hmm. and, and because tonight, it's kind of like we we had Love Jones, and then we were starving for a while, more or less. Well, no, there's a lot of good films in there, but then we get Love and Basketball, and again, we're getting this black woman that we haven't had the opportunity to see a lot of. You know, the depth of that character and her kind of growth and 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 the way that she laid claim to who she was and turned and kind of turned life in her favor so yes i do think that when i think about it sana's performance was very tender that she pulled off the tomboy really well Mm -hmm. and she never lost her femininity and all Mm -hmm. of that which i think Mm -hmm. for that character that specific character was absolutely needed with naomi harris i think it's the monster's ball precious syndrome with halle berry and with monique where We're giving awards because a beautiful woman got real gritty and ugly, right? <laughs> and so I don't know if it's the performance there or just how much the film meant to us because we're getting that story as a whole that we haven't had. And then I agree with Kevin, with with Provangene, it was more look at this little girl go. It was so real and true to the Southern experience. And so, yeah. Um, and, and again, Gabrielle today, I kind of am with you, Tim. I really love her and what she did, but I also struggle with the film on some levels, and we'd be here for a really long time if we got into that. All right. Well, <laughs> before we – we're going to take a break right now, but before we go to break to, to, to pause to unveil the final ten, let's look back one more time from 20 to 11. Uh, it was Denai Guerrero for Black Panther. Ruth Nega from Loving at number 19 at 8. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Team was Google about the Raw for Bell. 17, Angela Bassett for Aquila and the B. Regina King and Ray clocks in at 16. Mary J. Blige at 15 with Mudbound. Sanaa Lathan at 14 with Love and Basketball. Naomi Harris at 13 with Moonlight. Quavagine Wallace at 12 with Beast of the Southern Wild. And Gabby Sidibe for Precious. So we're going to take a break right now. When we come back on the other side, it'll be time to look at the top 10. You guys are listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon, and we'll be right back. Everybody's got opinions on nothing. Say we're flying down a path with no ending. And if I die before I wake, who don't let me wake up from this dream? I am joined by Charles Kirkland and online with us, uh, Shereen Nicole from the Adobe Network and (laughs) Kevin Sampson from... Uh, I started to say punch drunk critics, but he's not that. No, he's picture live. Oh, no. Hey, man, the peas, man, it's the peas. As well as as well as DC BFF. Uh, welcome back to all you guys. So you know that last segment we had, when we were counting down from literally twenty five to to ten. I mean, so you guys get a sense of where we're going with this list, and this list was voted on by you, you you know, the Black Real Award, um, the Film Voting Academy. <laughs> so this should, none of this should be any surprises to you guys. Can I make a point of clarification? Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to say that I all the performances I mentioned, you know, uh, Monique and Naomi Harris and uh, Halle Berry. What I, I'm not saying anything's wrong with those performances. The performances were outstanding. But what I am saying is it's really funny what they were chosen to get awards for or get nominated for. That's all. Oh, that's, a, that's an entirely different show. But, <laughs> yes, but, we, but we can do that show because clarify. we are in award season. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify. Yes, ma'am. All right. So Charles, of course, will drop a drum roll in here. So it is time now to look at the top ten female performances of the first two decades of the Black Real Awards and our 20 for 20. And coming in at number nine, I'm excuse me, number 10, excuse me, uh, from The Help is Octavia Spencer. Now, yeah, that's we'll, we'll talk, <laughs> we'll revisit and talk about that in a second. Coming in at number nine from the same film, Viola Davis. Again, The Help. From 2012. Now, if I remember, The Help also won Best Picture that year. So The Help was a very, very popular choice. And I will talk a little bit about that in a second when we get down to our, our, our kind of break. Uh, Sophie Okinado 
comes in at number eight with Hotel Rwanda. Coming in at number seven, uh, Jennifer Hudson uh, for Dream Girls. <sighs> really good performance there. And finally at number six, in a film that I think is very popular, Hidden Figures, Taraji P. Henson. Um, so before I throw this to anybody, let me just say this about the help that I remember. <laughs> um, I remember that year when we did the show that there, there were two films that were out in that year that were really popular, Pariah and The Help. And I'm just going to keep it real because that's what Ooh, I do Pariah. and it's my show. All of the African-American film critics love Pariah. All the non-African-American film critics in our voting body love The Help. It just became a situation that you got to get out the vote. The black people didn't come out the vote. The help won. So I always remember that. So Cordell Martin, who's our nominating chairperson, we laugh about that to this day because we knew going in what the split was, but it was a popular film and it won. The other, the other performance I want to talk about on this list is Jennifer Hudson uh, with Dreamgirls. I remember all the hype before the screening. You know, all of us are film critics, so, you know, we get invited to these advanced screenings. And I remember sitting at the screening at the Mazda Gallery in Uptown D.C. when, when Dreamgirls premiered. And when she sang, I'm telling you, I'm not going, man, that was the only time I could ever remember at a screening where critics were standing up clapping like, Strong J. Oh, she's going to win the Oscar for that. So, so that was a great performance. And Taraji B. Henson again in Hidden Figures. So I, I'll leave it there. So, panel, your thoughts on uh, uh, picks six through ten. Okay. <laughs> man, I love these pauses, man. Like, what is going Cause, on? Because I went first last time, so I was trying to let the. Oh, you're trying, to let, you're trying to let Queen Shireen oh, move. Okay. okay, go for it. <laughs> Gentlemanliness, thank you. Um, you know, Sofia Canedo uh, is is another underrated actress. You know, British a- British actress takes on a really huge variety of roles. But man, everything she does, she makes me feel it. She gets lost into these roles. And Hotel Rwanda is a landmark film because it really brought home something that I think. Um, the you know the Rwandan genocide that a lot of us just didn't know about we just weren't aware uh with Jennifer Hudson this is a breakout acting role for her it's a uh, very difficult to follow up those of us who have seen Jennifer Holiday perform Dream Girls on Broadway with Shirley Ralph and everything so it was so difficult to follow that up but Jennifer Hudson is the star of that film bar none um, and then I get down to, uh, oh, we haven't gotten there yet. I'm going to leave that alone. And, you know, I mean, we're always going to shout out Viola, Octavia, and Taraji. I mean, that's that's a given. <laughs> you know, this is the thing about this list, you guys, is that these women do good work all the time. All the time. Yeah. And yeah. really, you know, we're, we've always given them their accolades, always. But it's all, and we should continue. But I think it's great to see that everybody's recognizing it now. Right, right, uh, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going back to my comment about the strength of a black woman, and I'm just gonna say, like, yeah, all of these roles embody that in some kind of way. Whether it's you know um, sucking it up and and being the help for somebody else, and you know. Uh, <laughs> 
we think about you as smart, you as kind, you as important. I mean, like, it, beca- it becomes kind of like, within a black family, you know, like, that's a line that we say all the time, and it's kind of like a, a funny joke or whatever. But at the same time, like, the, the, the performance that Viola gave in that, um, it was it was top-notch. And it's funny because um, I think one of the things that you were kind of talking about, Tim, in terms of Black Real Awards and that split um, is that Pariah was, like, the culture in the present time versus yeah. the help is us looking back right. at who mm-hmm. we were. And I think a lot of times we hate... We don't like looking back at that because we we know we always get some kind of slave movie and and in many ways people might feel as though they're trying to remind us you know like um yet at the same time I think but that maybe if though, you're Kevin? because don't you feel like the help is through a specific white lens and Pariah on the other end that, and, that, and that's what I was about to say is that yeah exactly it's kind of through a lens of like, honestly, it was like, um, you know, I've seen, I forget what Octavia Spencer's character's name was, but, you know, the black woman that does her thing. And then, Minnie like, Jackson. But she's on, <laughs> yeah, and then she gives you that pie. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and then Viola's character uh, of being the one that, like, will make you feel like you can fly because she's going to encourage you and pick you up and dust you off. Um, and so, I, yeah, I mean, the, the performance were, performances were great, and I think, as Shereen was saying, it's, it's kind of like we, we, we expect the greatness from them, and they always give it. I think with Jennifer Hudson, I, w- I was going to say this, the, the, the one thing that I always, it, again, quotables from the movie is when Eddie, when Jennifer starts singing, and then Eddie's character, he said, girl, I knew you could sing. <laughs> I crack up at that all the time. And so whenever I see um, a, a girl sing or something like that, you know, on these award shows now, it's like, girl, I knew you could sing. But Jennifer Hudson absolutely tore that thing down. I think I might have seen that in theaters more than once just to hear her sing um, those songs. I mean, it was an incredible performance. Charles? I, I, I hate to be piling on help like everyone else has been, but I think maybe the, those last two, uh, Viola and Octavia, maybe they might like be lifetime achievement awards. That I mean, because of all the work that they've done, that they we picked this one here because they both have had stronger performances in more relevant roles uh, since then and before that. So I'm looking at Charles. <laughs> got to get out the vote. That's all I can say. <laughs> got to get out the vote because I. Remember I remember, I remember that night people were were hot. They were calling me up. I was like, hey, man, you got to get out the phone. Because <laughs> right. Nell, Minnow, and the crew, they love to help. Oh, God. I'm just saying. I mean, I love Nell. But, and, and she'll laugh. She knows. So, all right. So, I'm going to leave that alone. Let's get to the final <laughs> five. All right. And I definitely sense a theme here, and we will go through this. <laughs> Coming in at number five is that 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 woman that Shireen called the king or queen earlier. Regina King is king. back. It Regina Beale, is king, baby. She's a king. If Beale Street could talk, comes in at number five. Regina King coming in at number four. Give me some. Make me feel good. Make me feel <laughs> good. I just want you to make me Stop feel good. Stop it. Stop it. Halle Berry with Monsters Ball. 
Coming in at number three, to me, the most polarizing pick on this list <laughs> is Monique with Precious. Uh, coming in at number two, whew, still a movie I've only seen one and a half times. The half <laughs> was that I couldn't sit through it a whole second time. Lapita Nyong'o's breakthrough performance in, in uh, 12 Years a Slave. And coming in at number one, uh, a film and a performance that put her in the snot bubble snot crying bubble. hall of fame. <laughs> it is Viola Davis once again. Two performances in the top ten. This time it is Fences from 2017. So before I hand it off to the panel, let's just say with the absence of Regina King's role, every one of these four roles are these really gut-wrenching, painful like, I mean, just super dark performances from all That's the, what I was, the final four. The final four. And I mean, so so I get that. But again, let me just say this about Precious, right? And I remember very vividly the year we did this, that Precious, Precious at the time, we were only, I think we were about 10 years in. Mm -hmm. And Precious literally broke all of our records. It was the it had the most nominations at that, at that point. It had the most wins. Um, I think it closed with a flourish winning, like, Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director. I mean, it swept that year. And to this day, I've, I've had conversations with Cordell, and we talk about, I mean, I understood that we did what we did at that time, but it's the sort of film that I just don't feel good about about celebrating it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't, it, to me, I, it just, it, it moves my spirit in ways that I can't really articulate. And I'll just leave it at that and I'll go, Shireen, you're much better at this smart sister. What are you thinking about these last five, these last five picks? Well, I, I don't know how much better I am at it, but I was going to kick off with, so let's talk about black trauma. Right. And I think that this really is a conversation that has to be had on a bigger scale or for a longer conversation, because what we're seeing here and the conversation that we're having even now with movies like Just Mercy and with movies like Queen and Slim is that these movies are vitally important because they tell our true stories. Mm. But just like our people, we need a diaspora of stories. We need our, like, our rich black housewives and our, you know, our black superheroes as much as we need our black trauma. We need to see it all, and our children deserve to see it all, right? Yes. So mm -hmm. um, if, if, I, if I break down this top list with Regina King, oh, my gosh, the minute I walked out of that theater. And all of these are really difficult to watch. I mean, if Bill Street could talk, it's difficult to watch. But, Regina, you know the minute you come out of that film that she's going to win for that. And if she doesn't, we have to burn something down. You know, with Hallie, mm -hmm. I will absolutely admit that when she won that Academy Award, I cried because I had seen, you know, what is it, Losing Isaiah. I had seen her in um, Jungle Fever, and I knew that Hallie had become an actress to be reckoned with. And I, in a lot of ways, and it's funny because we, we hit in four and three with Lee Daniels. And um, isn't that Lee Daniels, um, Monsters Ball? No. That wasn't Lee Daniels? Okay, well, then my mistake. Cut that out. Yeah, yeah it was. But, I, I, I think you're right. I think it was Lee Daniels. Okay. Yeah. But, but it was, 
I felt some kind of way about that role and the way that Halle Berry prostrated herself. Um, and just the, 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 there was rawness is good for me, but sometimes I struggle with ugly rawness, especially because we don't have the representation and definitely in 2002 didn't have that representation that we needed with precious Tim. I just feel like you feel it. It moves me in a way that's difficult to talk about because I know it's real and I know it's honest and I know we need to have those stories, but it hurts. And, 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 and it's difficult to reconcile again because we don't have the full range. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, when she gets hit, whew, I mean, this is a breakout performance. Mm -hmm. And, you know. Um, Wait, hold on one second, Shireen. Hold on one second. Let me jump in. Um, we're going to break right here, but we're going to continue this conversation. And the rest of this will be on Keeping It Real with Film Gordon Overtime because this is a great conversation. I wanted to continue, so we have a place. You'll have to listen to it on the app only, but we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back with more of the big show, Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. With the thoughts from a paradigm See, all you gotta do Is ask and then believe The loving in you The love is in you See, all you gotta do Is keep the enemy That lies within you Like it's the only thing to do Alright, and welcome back to the show and the first movie reviews of the year are brought to you by thefilmgordon.com and as we tell you every week experience film through the eyes of a true film addict that would be myself check out all of our film content at thefilmgordon.com this week there are several films opening the new year we're going to focus on two and as we tell you every week before we begin cue the music all right first up is the comedy film like a boss directed by miguel Art artitia and written by Sam Pittman and Adam Cole Kelly. This film stars Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Natasha Rothwell, Billy Porter, and Salma Hayek. And this film looks at two female friends with very different personalities who decide to start their own beauty care company, Mel and Mia's. So before we do that and talk about this film, let's listen to a clip from Like a Boss. Well, 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 is this what those Claire Luna coins gets us? Mm -hmm. You don't have to get us such fancy gifts, but I love it. We wanted to. This is a big moment for all of us. Yeah, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> okay, so how are we going to rebrand for Claire? What is our story? I'm a divorced pet lover. You can use mine. Sydney, love you. Love your story. But I think we should just stick with our own story. You know, keep it real. We can't go back to Claire and tell her what we've come up with is for just 
keeping it real. We need to try something new. Let's zhuzh it up a little bit. Did you just say zhuzh? We gotta zhuzh it up. Zhuzh. Don't be so judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus up. Zhuzh. All right. This film, first comedy of the new year, first film I'm seeing of the new year, uh, brings Tiffany Haddish back and pairs her this time with Rose Byrne, with Selma Hayek, as I said, in a supporting role. And it tells the story of two lifelong friends who have started a cosmetic business. Uh, Haddish, of course, being the more outgoing uh, extrovert who gets along with everybody, always is putting a smile on someone's face. Byrne plays her best friend who's more tightly wound, more detail-oriented, and the two of them love each other, but their personalities and their yin and yang are sometimes off. So their company that they've been running has been successful for a minute, but they've run into some financial uh, straits. And a bailout ensues when uh, Clara Luna, a cosmetic mogul played by Selma Hayek, offers to wipe away their debt for a portion or at least half of their company. And that's when the story sort of spins out of control. Um, Haddish, this is her first film since The Kitchen. All right. The Kitchen was a was a noble try at a dramatic role with her, uh, which was released last fall, uh, that that wasn't critically acclaimed and the audience didn't support the film either. So it sort of looked at it as a failure. This is her first film back, so she's more in familiar territory doing comedy. Haddish is a very interesting figure for me and as I've looked at her career over the last couple of years. I think she's a much better comedic actress in films than she is a stand-up on the stage. So, but she also is sort of like, you know, taking the, the, the line that we talk about Will Smith and Sam Jackson, that she sort of plays a variation of her own character in every film. So she doesn't really bring anything new to the performances that she plays, and she doesn't do it in this film either. And what I will say about this movie is that sometimes you go and see comedies and, you know, since humor is all subjective, sometimes the comedy works and sometimes it doesn't. And like a boss, it felt like I was watching a sitcom and all the jokes that the writers put in these films, none of them for the most part worked. I mean, it sounded like there, there were parts where you would see jokes thrown around or hear jokes in the film and then there would be silence in the theaters. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's what the writers intended. Uh, Billy Porter, I thought, in a supporting role, uh, I thought he was funny. Him and Jennifer Coolidge and their kind of wacky sort of demeanor, but there's really not a lot here. This film is not good at all. Um, it, it, it rehashes, you know, of course, whenever you have two friends friends that butt heads and uh, the, the Claire Luna or the Salma Hayek character tries to get in between them and separate them, it puts a strain in their friendship. But you know, if you watched enough of these films, that they're going to get back together, you know, team up and take down the baddie. So it's not like I'm doing a spoiler. <laughs> this is this is what the film is at its core, but it's just not a good film. And all I will say is simply, it's January. That's code for because you'll hear me say that three more times in the next ensuing weeks, which means that some of the worst movies of the year are released in January and to some degree in February. I don't know if this is one of the worst films of the year, but it's really not a good film. A D for Like a Boss, uh, 
Tiffany Haddish, you get your paper. As long as you can get your paper, hopefully this film works better for you than The Kitchen did. Hopefully. (laughs) So that's my review of Like a Boss. Up next is a film that I saw in Toronto back in September and that was released in limited release over the holidays and is now in theaters uh, wide. And, of course, that is Just Mercy, uh, the Black Real Award-nominated drama uh, which stars uh, Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther and Jamie Foxx from Ray. And, of course, it tells a story uh, based on a true story of Brian Stevenson, uh, his story after graduating from Harvard. He heads to Alabama to defend those wrongly condemned or those not afforded proper representation. And one of the first cases he takes on is a gentleman's case by the name of Walter McMillan, played by Fox. So let's listen to a clip from Just Mercy. It is ordered, adjudged, and decreed that Walter McMillan is to face death by electrocution. This is my dad, sir. Sit down, young man. John, I want you to sit down now. He ain't do nothing wrong. Please, Judge, hold on one second. I won't say it again. Sit down. Not if you're going to kill my dad for no reason. You're killing my family, sir, you! All right, so just mercy. Everything about this film screams prestige. Um, from the casting of Jordan and Fox to the strong support work by Rob Morgan, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, also Brie Larson. Uh, you know, you've got a, a, an acclaimed cast. You have a very important story. You've got some wonderful execution by director Destin Daniel Cretton. And all of that spells Just Mercy. And Just Mercy is a really interesting film. I think... It, it feels like a story, and the story is basically about a, a young Harvard-trained lawyer who comes down to Alabama after a couple of years early as a summer intern. He encounters a death row inmate who's almost his age, and it kind of inspires his life work for him to try to be an advocate for those wrongly accused that are on death row and to try to get their cases and their situations reversed. And he encounters several prisoners, uh, one of them being Walter McMillan, that is played by Jamie Foxx. Now, McMillan's character, as we first meet him, is very skeptical because we clearly saw that he was wrongly accused and there have been several lawyers who have made attempts to try to commute his sentence, uh, all who have come in with nefarious means, and they were more about their money than his freedom. And he's looking at this young lawyer played by Michael B. Jordan with, some, with a sense of skepticism. Uh, it was only over time that he wins McMillan over, and then in turn McMillan, who's sort of the heart and soul of this, this uh, jail block, or this, this block of death row that he's on convinces several other prisoners uh, to to take up, uh, have him, have Stevenson take up their causes. Uh, most notably, Herbert Richardson, played by Rob Morgan, who I think gives an amazing performance in this film. And, you know, I'm saying his name over and over because this is a brother that I know personally and I've hung out with and met who I know I've seen his work in Mudbound. Um, I've seen Rob Morgan's work 
and the Defenders and Marvel and so much other stuff he's done. He is just a really solid actor. But here, along with Fox, the two of them are dual emotional pulls that draw the audience into this story, and it is so well done. So well done. Fox, I think, gives his best performance since Ray in this movie. He's really good. Uh, The scenes with him uh, in the prison... When uh, Richardson is going on, uh, you know, about to be electrocuted and this whole, the way it's kind of betrayed, you'll have to see the film to see what I'm talking about. Very, very powerful. I think as good as Just Mercy was, it's interesting to me that it didn't resonate uh, enough with critics, nor did it resonate, well, we don't know if it resonates with the public because it's just coming out now. But it will be, it's a very fascinating, heartfelt movie. And it's a movie I liked a lot in Toronto, and I watched it again recently. I like it still. I gave Just Mercy a B. I thought it was a very strong film about a very important subject. And I think it deserves your attention at the theaters. Please go out and check this movie out. It's in theaters this weekend. And that is all I have for this week. Also remember that we will feature the filmmaker of the month on our overtime segment. So you can go to the app and see the and listen to the filmmaker of the month segment. Uh, so on behalf of our producer, which would literally or generally be Shane Lewis, but today we are graced with our original producer, the amazing, amazing what's her name? Thank you. The, <laughs> the amazing Jessica Sturgis and also Charles Kirkland. As I tell you guys, always please see something good at the movies. Just mercy. And we will see you guys on the other side. You guys take care. <laughs> Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.